Welcome to another episode of the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. I'm Rebecca Wilhelm. I'm Mary Quigley. And I'm Hope Wilhelm. Join us as we dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier State. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indiana? Do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana, like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson. But as the saying goes, there is more than corn in Indiana. 92 counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you are into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss. Today's episode is a little different. We are not just bringing you an episode from a particular county. Over the next two episodes, we are going to count down from the 10 most popular and creepy urban legends from Indiana. So according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, an urban legend is story or an anecdote that is based on hearsay and widely circulated as true. There's many different theories out there for why these stories are so popular. Some experts claim that these legends serve a purpose to warn others of possible dangers. Others say that it may be our mind's way of making sense of the crazy world we're living in. Whatever the case, it's no secret I've been fascinated with urban legends for many years now. I mean, I'm the writer and co-host of a podcast that's solely dedicated to these strange stories. And on this podcast, we've already covered some pretty popular Hoosier legends, like the Klein Avenue ghost and that glowing grave here in Aurora. Today, we've got some tales for you that are truly disturbing. A hatchet man, a murder, a bottomless lake, a mysterious phone call, and a hill where your car goes upwards, apparently by itself. So sit back, relax, and try not to get too spooked as we dive into the first of a two-part episode on some of the creepiest urban legends in Indiana. When I think of urban legends, I think of the legend of Bloody Mary or La Llorona. Wait, Bloody Mary? Do you mean that lady where you were supposed to say her name three times and she appears in the mirror? Yes, that's the one. Now, I first heard about that legend when I was in the fifth grade at Columbia Elementary School. It quickly became something that we would try at sleepovers. Did you ever have anything happen when you guys did it? I never had anything happen to me or my friends when we did it. What about you, Mom? Well... I don't know if I've told you guys this before on this show, but I did have something weird happen that I can't explain. What? 
So it was at a slumber party at my friend Stacy's house, and we were in the fifth grade. Two of us went into Stacy's parents' room because they had these two really big mirrors in the room. We turned the lights out. We each faced a mirror. We lit a candle, and then we said her name. What happened when you said the name? Well, this is when it gets weird. In the mirror, we both started seeing what looked like a fog, just the mirror fogging up. And it wasn't like the fog was in the room. It was like it was just like inside the mirror. Girl, I did not wait to see what was going to happen next. Me and my other friend, we just screamed. We booked it right out of that bedroom. Wow, that's crazy. I remember you telling us this story and I was terrified to try the legend myself after that. I'd be too. Yeah, after all of these years, you know, I've, I've just always wondered what it was. Never did see anything else, but I have to admit, I was friends with Stacy on, you know, up to high school, and I never went in that bedroom ever again after that. So it gave me a good scare that's pretty much stayed with me over 30 years later. Creepy. But this episode is not about Bloody Mary. No, not at all. The legend we're going to start with is not even a legend that's specific to only Indiana. The one we're going to talk about is told all over the world, actually. I just don't think we can do an episode about urban legends without talking briefly about Bloody Mary. I agree. I think she is one of the most popular urban legends out there. This is true. But we're going to start this episode with a legend that is also widely popular. And it's it's got a lot of claims that it's occurred at many different college campuses. And this legend that we're going to talk about today is reported to have happened at different colleges in Indiana and all over the country. Ooh, I know what this one is. You're talking about the Hatchet Man. Yes, number 10 is the Hatchet Man of Vincennes University. The title sounds very crazy. The very first time that I heard about the legend of the Hatchet Man was when I was a freshman at Vincennes University in the fall of 1996. When I heard the story, it was told that this occurred in the old Emerson dorm at VU, and that the murder was the reason that they tore the building down. This is a legend about two girls who stay at their college over the holidays, isn't it? Yes. These two girls are the only ones staying in the Emerson Hall. They are all alone. Even the director had gone. According to the version that you can find in Ronald Baker's Hoosier Folk Legends book, before leaving, the director tells the girls to make sure that they keep all of the doors locked. The reason for this is that there is a hatchet man that's been reported on the loose. In Baker's version, the girls split up and go to separate floors of the dorm to study. It gets late. Midnight comes, and the one girl still has not come back. 12.30 passes, and still no sign of the girl. Sometime during the night, one remaining girl starts hearing these sounds, like something's being dragged across the floor. The girl gets frightened and barricades herself in the room. Hours pass, and suddenly the noises stop. The girl falls asleep. When the girl awakens the next day... She removes all of the items and opens the door. See, she's very worried because she can't figure out where her roommate went or what the sounds were. She finds her roommate laying there on the ground outside the door with a hatchet in her head. First of all, who could sleep through that? Second, wouldn't you be afraid to open the door? Oh, for sure. I mean, there is no way I would be opening that door. Oh, there is no way I would have even stayed in the dorm with a friend by myself. Girl, there is no way I'd do it. 
The story is retold as having happened at several different college campuses. One location is, of course, Emerson Hall at Vincennes University, but I've also heard a version of it from IU um, at Indiana State and also Ball State. The version that is mostly told at Ball State is not that it was a hatchet man, but a date that went horribly wrong. This version is also mentioned in Ronald Baker's book. Yeah, the version that is told around Ball State is that two roommates go on a date and one of the girls comes back very late. She thinks her roommate is sleeping until she starts hearing a loud humming. At first, the girl is not really worried. She just thinks her roommate's date must have gone very well. This is until the humming gets louder and louder. So she's frustrated and the girl tells her to stop humming. The humming gets even louder until she's frustrated and turns the light on. To the girl's horror, the light reveals a man sitting on the bed with the roommate's decapitated head in his hands. Well, in some versions, he's twirling the head. Creepy. Very disturbing. Yeah, and it just, it fascinates me this is told the same legend about so many different college campuses. According to Snopes, this legend first came out in the 1960s. It's told with different outcomes, too. Usually, the surviving roommate has her hair turn gray or goes insane. I wonder why this legend is so popular. Well, David Mickelson from Snopes has a theory about that, too. He wraps up his article with, quote, As colleges eased the restrictions of dormitory life and took a much less active role in their students' personal lives, students came to see campus as more open but less protected places, sites potentially open to dangerous strangers. That makes sense. College is many times a young adult's first taste of living away from home. Very true. So number nine on our list is called The Boyfriend's Death in Munster. It's also in Ronald Baker's book, Hoosier Folk Legends. That sounds really interesting. So this story takes place out on Werewolf Road. Now, growing up in Northwest Indiana, I have to be honest, I've never heard of Werewolf Road over in Munster. Had you heard about this road, Mary? No, I've never heard of this road before. So I asked Dad. He wasn't sure either. But it is amazing the things you can learn now through Google. So I Googled it, and it says that part of Sheffield Avenue back in the 1960s was pretty desolate and very private, not built up the way it is today. And because of this, the locals called the road Werewolf Road. That makes sense. In this story, a girl and a boy were out on this werewolf road parked. The boy goes to start his car and the engine will not start. The boy tells his girlfriend that he is going to get them some help. He instructs her to wrap up in a blanket and to keep the doors locked. A long time passes and the girl starts to worry because he doesn't return. The girl starts to hear a knocking. And the knocking is coming from the back window of the car. Hours later, she sees a flashlight shine in and hears, open up, this is the police. The girl opens the door and the policeman tells her not to look back, just to keep her eyes straight ahead and to get into the police car. The girl does not listen and turns back to see that her boyfriend is hanging from a tree. She is horrified when she realizes that the knocking sound she heard is his head banging on the window. Uh Uh-uh. No way. Girl, no. Yep, that's a no for me. This is also a pretty popular legend. It is. And, you know, it's one of those legends that you'll hear sometimes about being in different locations. True. I think there is a similar version of this legend, sometimes attributed to Rita Road. I thought it sounds familiar. We covered a version 
of this back when we did the episode about Ritter Road. Yeah, according to Snopes, this legend originally started back in the 60s in Kansas. And since then, it's been reported from all over the country and even different countries as having really occurred. Well, that makes sense because the version Baker used was collected in 1968 from a male student from Hammond. It is part of the Indiana State University Folklore Archives. We see you. You're a dreamer, a visionary, the master of your own destiny. Well, what people don't tell you is that dreams aren't always easy. You probably feel weighed down and frustrated by all the little tasks that steal your energy and time. Good news, we can help. Becky and I have started a new business adventure called Quigley Virtual Services. We offer a wide variety of services to streamline your business and give you back your time. We can help you with everything from setting up and managing social media to proofreading and editing. Check out our website, www.quigleyvirtualservices.com. You can also find us on Facebook or Instagram. Number eight on our list is a legend about a bottomless lake in Jackson County, Indiana, just outside of Seymour. The Blue Hole. I've heard about the Blue Hole. There is a record of it in the Indiana State University Digital Archives from 1973. The account mentioned states that there's a train that once derailed and it ended up somehow in the Blue Hole. According to this account, divers went in and never could find the bottom of the lake. There are many different theories about what is going on with the lake. One is that the bottom of the lake is quicksand. Well, the account in the Folklore Archives also mentions an airplane that supposedly fell into the lake. But this is the only account that I've ever heard about a plane being in there. Well, I think the troll that is mentioned is also very creepy. Supposedly, there is a troll that lives under the bridge. From doing a Google search, the Blue Hole, it's located on Highway 258 between Cortland and Seymour. What does the troll do? He jumps out at girls who are in cars and tries to get them out of their vehicle. No, thank you. Nope. That's a no from me. Won't be traveling on that bridge. Number seven on our list is also a legend that's going to sound familiar to many. It's the legend of the babysitter and the phone call. Oh, I've heard about this one and it really creeps me out. This is a legend about a girl all alone in a house. She's babysitting and has put the kids in bed when she receives a phone call. It's a man on the other end of the line and he keeps repeating in a sinister voice that she needs to check on the children. In some versions, he also says that he's upstairs with the children and that she needs to check. The girl calls the police who tell her that they can trace the line. The man calls back and she tries to keep him on the line long enough for the police to trace the call. But the man guesses what she's doing and he hangs up. Suddenly the phone rings and it's the 911 operator telling her to get out of the house because the calls are coming from an extension inside the house. It's at this moment the girl hears an extension phone hang up. The girl hangs up, and as she is running to the door, she hears a door slam upstairs and sounds as if something is crashing through an upstairs window. Thankfully, the girl runs straight to the police officers who have just arrived on the scene. When they enter the home, they find a disturbing sight. Police find the children have been cut into pieces. Police never found the person responsible. The tale ends with the girl having to be placed into a mental institution. What's creepy is that they suspect he was just about to do the same to the babysitter. 
Now, this is a pretty well-known and often repeated urban legend with varying accounts from all over the country. The legend is also featured in Ronald Baker's book and is part of the Indiana State University Folklore Archives. It was collected back in May of 1970 from a 20-year-old male student from Columbus, Indiana. There are also very different versions of the tale. Sometimes the killer in the story just laughs at the girl and does not say anything. And depending on what version you hear, the number of babysitters or children also changes. And I have also heard before, you know, two babysitters and I've heard up to three children. What I think makes this legend so terrifying is that it's about kids, teens who are left in charge of kids. This is true. It makes me not want to babysit anyone. Our podcast is growing, and it's so exciting to see all of our new followers on social media and all of the many downloads of our podcast. Most of our listeners come from iHeartRadio. However, we are on all the major podcast platforms. If you like what you hear, please don't forget to give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us through. Your comments and likes help others find us. Thank you for tuning in to the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. Now back to our show. The sixth and final legend on our list for today's episode is Indiana's own Gravity Hill. Oh, I've always wanted mom to drive and try this out. Indiana is actually home to two Gravity Hills. I know that there is one in Mooresville, Indiana. True. I always wanted to try it out when you lived in Indianapolis. Yes, the most famous one is in Mooresville, and the other one is in South Bend. The one in Mooresville is on Keller Road. Legend says that if you park your car on the hill and put it in neutral, there is a force that will pull your car up the hill. According to Ronald Baker's book, workers who repaired Keller Road were afraid that after the repair, the hill would not work anymore. They were shocked to find out that it still does. According to Google, the South Bend Gravity Hill is located on Adams Road. It works in the same way that the one in Mooresville does. There are lots of legends about Gravity Hills from all over the world. I saw an episode about this on that show Mythbusters, where they try to explain what's going on. That is pretty fascinating. They say it's actually an optical illusion. It looks like there's a hill going up, but if you measure it, the hill is actually going down. That's what makes your car move then. Especially if it's in neutral. It's still pretty cool. Have you heard of any of the urban legends that we discussed in this episode? Is there a legend you were hoping to hear that we didn't cover? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to whosyourmissandlegends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous. Be sure to tune in to our next episode, which will be part two of the most popular Hoosier urban legends.
To see our source material, please visit our website, HoosierMissAndLegends.com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast is a Quigley Virtual Services production. Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Race Car. As always, stay spooky.